Hey, hey, welcome to the podcast where we take a quick swig of medicine from the limitless depths of pop fiction, literary fiction, visual art, music, movies, poetry, any artistic creation, and we feel all the better for it. My name is Nate Hammond. You are listening to Tonic Pop. Hey, good? Am I coming through? All right. Hey, this is Nate Hammond from Tonic Pop. And today I have with me to complete the Movie Bros team, Luke Ormsby, the author of such classics as 101 Ways to Avoid a Fight with Your Wife. I don't know where that came from. It's just because we're the subject of what we're talking about, I guess. I try to think of like a good uh, sort of like pro-female title. Um because of the nature of the topic that we're talking about today, which is a really interesting topic. And it came about because of a conversation we're having. We're talking about the expendables from memory after a game of racquetball. And I remember talking about how one of the expendables... Actually, I should get you to say hello first, Luke. Hello. Hey. We're talking about (laughs) how how, um, when they introduced a female character, they introduced sort of like a hot-in-the-moment character with Ronda Rousey. And um, and I kind of thought... And that was right... you know, but um, I was thinking the, the way they built the Expendables in the first place was that they brought in all these sort of classic action mm. heroes from the past and then they gave yeah. them a vehicle to sort of reignite that flame that they had started way back in the 80s and 90s for some yes. of them, you know. Yeah. And I thought, man, why wouldn't wouldn't it be cool if, in, you know, instead of Ronda Rousey, or she could have been a part of it anyway, but, you know, they had thought of some of the female action stars. Yeah, yeah. And I think we'd started conversing, thought that would be a cool topic, our favorite female action stars. And so that's the, I guess that's the topic today, although we're not specifically titled yet. We'll figure it out so that it fits <laughs> in a nice square. Um, but yeah, basically female-led action films. So female yeah. action heroes is the crux of it. And then... You know the movies that sort of that they're built around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That provide the vehicle for them to be an action hero. So, um, for me, how, how have you, you know, sort of defined that? In yep, your- I did. We were talking just before we started, and I, I did kind of try to pick movies where the focus was more on the female stars. So yeah, that that kind of crossed a couple off my list that I would have had that were good well awesome you know action stars within a movie but it was maybe slightly more focused on the male character or something like that yeah so uh, me too um yeah it was hard because i mean i've got a lot of favorite movies it was really hard to squeeze it into a list of five yes but i i thought of ones that were yeah where there was definitely a dominant female action hero yep so whether or not they were they had to be at um they had to be a main protagonist. They didn't have yes. to be the solo main protagonist. Yeah. They didn't have to be the main action star. So if they shared the bill with a male star, that's okay. But as long as they had sort of equal billing or, yeah. you know, equal screen time or more, yeah. then I was cool with that. That's so, probably good because you'll probably include a couple of those movies that I maybe yeah. took out. Maybe, maybe, maybe. <laughs> Let's find out. Oh, geez. I know it was tough, but um, I know. You ready? You want to kick it off? Uh, sure. Okay. Let's do it. <laughs> So starting off with my number five, um, I have gone for a 2011 movie called mm. Hannah. You were a good agent, Eric. Sad to see you go down. 
What did I miss? I couldn't do it anymore. The things we did. I, I'm sorry with your Hannah. <laughs> with all of them. With Hannah. So why come back now? I asked you a question, Eric. Eric, are you still there? Oh, Hannah, for those. <laughs> oh, so close. <laughs> so close to having that. I haven't seen it in, a, in well, in a, I guess, a while. But um, I know I love that movie when it came out, you know, mm. strong, strong and young female lead character. It's kind of a, you know, like a movie about her discovering who 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 she is really can you pronounce the actress's name yet yeah Saoirse Ronan hey nice okay yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a tough yeah that's a tough one mm. <laughs> I remember watching actually because I, I quite like her as an actress and mm. um or an actor and um I remember looking at a thing of how to pronounce her name like a couple a few years ago <laughs> mm. oh, <yeah. laughs> because uh when you look at the name, you know, it's, uh, you've got no idea how to pronounce it really unless you're Irish, I guess. It's got a, um, it's interesting, the the um, director, John Wright? No, Joe Wright. Yeah, Joe Wright. Joe yeah. Wright, yeah, yeah, because his catalogue didn't really, to me, predict that he would create. Yeah, and Although yeah. he does, he's created movies with strong female characters, but not action yes hero characters you know pride and prejudice yeah um, yeah he did a time yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, he, he did um anna karenina as well yeah so yeah. He's, a, he's got those sort of epic you know movies where the females do dominate the screen i heard that she actually requested him i don't know if they'd worked something i read i read that as a little piece of trivia but i don't have the she requested him yeah right and so but maybe they what was the screenplay maybe being pitched around but they hadn't attached a director yet and then possibly they had drawn her in already maybe okay yeah that'd be interesting to find out um oh uh, yeah so but, here it is i got it. according to joe according to the to director joe wright um, Saoirse Ronan specifically requested that the studio bring him on board to direct this movie. Okay, mm, that's from IMDb. It doesn't, it doesn't have back. any other information about. No, I have that, to look at the backstory to that, like how how it got greenlit and yeah. like, I guess the director wasn't already attached to it before the actors were. Yeah, or at least yeah. she was attached to it, which is interesting. And it is a good character. I mean, it's got um some good sorry sorry actors there, Eric Banner and um, yes, yeah. Uh, oh. Kate Blanchett, so very yeah. Kate Blanchett, presence. really strong yeah, yeah. performance from her. Even though, well, she's a, she plays a good villain in this one. Mm. Um, and yeah, Eric Banner was really good as as the well her father. Mm. I guess we're giving away spoilers. Oh, <laughs> spoiler spoilers alert. in this. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Just suck it up. Um, Do you like the movie? Uh, father the... figure, because he's not really mm. her father. Is yeah, it? father. As she figure. finds out. Yeah. yeah. Do you like the TV show? Have you seen the? I love the TV show. Yeah, yeah it's really um, good. Eh? Two seasons so far. I'm waiting for the next one. Mm. You've you've watched it all? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. That's really good. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm hoping they're going to get to a third season. You never know with streaming anymore. No, yeah. Just things just stop and then they don't ever come back. Yeah, I really, I really like the way the TV, well, the TV shows developed the story more. Mm. Like, I think, and um, they've done a good job with that. And um, and then a kind of a, a couple of interesting turns for a couple of the characters, like the character that Kate Blanchett plays there's kind of changes in the in the TV show yeah yeah um, which is interesting hmm. it was well reviewed mm. um, yeah did it do well in the box office or? it did I, I wrote it down uh, oh well yeah it, um, so the budget was estimated 30 million 
mm. and then it made 64 million in the box office okay so it was uh technically a successful yeah but i'd still consider it's like a cult classic it's really yeah under, a little bit underground it was one of those ones yeah. that i guess similar to like la femme the Kita and those ones that sort of like just sort yes. of yeah found their way in, into the heart like i saw it after the movies did you see it at the movies or um, I saw it at the movies. Oh, yeah. You did? Wow. yeah, yeah. When it came out, I was. Were you managing the theater? Back yeah, then? I was. I was working at in New Zealand at that time. Okay. As a manager, and um, yeah, I watched it when it came out. Right. right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh yeah, another interesting thing she did. Uh, what well, says many of her own stunts? So I'm guessing most right. of her own stunts. Um, <laughs> which is is pretty cool too. I think she went through a pretty grueling process to get. Yeah. Um, to get ready for the role. So. Oh, it was some great fight scenes. Yeah, yeah. It was just whip fast and, yeah, mm-hmm. and just the kinetic energy of the film was, was really cool. But it yeah. also was quite dramatic as well. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love the scene actually where, um, you know, because she gets taken in uh, to the facility, prison, whatever you want to mm-hmm. call it. And she's in that room, which is heavily guarded. And um, they send that lady in who's supposed to be Kate Blanchett's character, but she's pretending to be her. And then Hannah starts, oh, she's talking to her like she believes it, but then she starts to cry and she hugs the lady. And then, um, yeah. And they're like, they're like, get, you That's know, right. get in there and get, get her yeah, out yeah, of there. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then as soon as they unlock the door, she kills her and then yeah. just kills everyone and gets yeah. out and escapes. That scene yeah. is awesome. But, um, and Kate, Kate Blanchett's face is just, is so, like she, she plays it so well because she's watching all this on the camera, mm. you know, and they've 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 caught her in there and trying to figure out, you know, what she's doing and stuff, and yeah. then, and then when she sees what she's capable of, just it's just written all over her face. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Huh. Um, she can't believe it. Yeah, that's well. I see that. Um, just pulled up a bit of info. She's seen that talking about, um, you know, Joseph Wright getting the, uh, getting the part as director. Uh, yep. uh, Danny Boyle and Alfonso um, Cuaron were both considered. Oh, okay. For him, yeah. But as you said, um, Ronan asked for. So they already had for <clears throat> had her on board, obviously. They and must then, have, yeah. and then been considering the director that would be the right um, mm. person for it. And like I said, it's, it's really a yeah. It's 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 interesting that they went with him. Um, yeah, yeah. But I think he did really well because of the, what the role uh, entailed. Uh, she had you know had the the physicality of the role. She had a lot of combat tactics training and. Um, basically four hours a day um, of intense training, which was under Dan Inos, Inosanto, who was a protege of Bruce Lee. Right, well, mm. well, okay. So over two months, uh, they worked out hmm. apparently four hours a day in the gym Damn. and got her ready for the role. And they also brought on a, um, a CIA, a former CIA agent to consult uh, the character of Mar- Marissa Wiegler, which is... Uh, Kate Blanchett's character. Right. I like that, um, yeah, she portrayed it well. And I like the character that they created because it was transhumanist, you know, that was um, mm. she, um, superhuman, if you like, super soldier style. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, you know, and so she'd been genetically engineered to be just a weapon. Yeah. But, well, you know, so highly intelligent and she, you know, uh, all, all these skills, she had strength. Yeah. Um, the the muscle mass, everything was just prepped for to mm. being just a, a super weapon. But perhaps you can put it down to that being raised by that pseudo dad, yeah. Eric Banner. Um, she was also good natured, so he taught her how to be a good person as well. And so yes. you see that coming through as well. And so yeah. it was more of a complete person than just 
a straight weapon. Than what they possibly would have trained her to be if she hadn't yeah, been yeah, stuck yeah. in the original facility. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah. So that it, it brings into the debate, you know, that familiar debate, nature versus nurture. Mm. Um, and I think, you know, there was room for both of them yeah. to sort of build that character. That's interesting because uh, they, just before, another spoiler, before um, Marissa kills Eric Banner, um, Eric Keller, I think, is his name Eric? I think it is Eric. Yeah, yeah. Eric Keller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Eric's Eric name, yeah. Yeah. Um, before he kills her, she said, she asked him why, like, why now? You know, in, in other words, why Why did you, because um, they alerted a beacon which, you know, made them, which allowed them to find them. Um, and, uh, you know, she was asking, why did you, why come out of hiding now, basically? Yeah. Which said, why now? And um, his answer was, kids grow up <laughs> or something <Yeah>. like that. <laughs> or she, something like she grew up or kids, I think it's kids grow up, you know, because like you're saying that human side, you know, when she, she escapes the facility and then she finds other people and she's actually, you know, connects with other people, which she hasn't been able to do in the past and she's able to she's developed more of like a whole person and now she's able to develop that even more yeah, through that self-discovery yeah. yeah you see that in the tv show too which is great yes. and she goes back there and everyone else that she's associating with are having to be have their personalities built yeah after the training and so they get they force these sort of false memories into them and give them the pit photo albums to That's like right. yeah. you know to so that they it's almost like a, a a gaslighting sort of thing but where they've in a way, I guess, where they're sort of just creating these false impressions and making them feel like uh, pushing these false memories into them, yeah, uh, you know, yeah. and by by just saturating their rooms with things that they want them to feel like they are a is part, part of, of their personality yeah. or whatever, you know. So I don't think they see. I, I'm going to the, the TV yeah. show and the, and the movie mixed up a little bit. The movie's more just uh, I've seen the TV show more recently. Yeah, I think it's more just. Um, Hannah and the father and, and the father yeah, yeah yeah so it doesn't that's right it doesn't, yeah, go, there. doesn't go into the training yeah. facility yeah. yeah um yeah but it's cool I love that the TV show expanded upon that concept yeah. anyway and yeah. yeah so Hannah as a character um you know both actresses fantastic and mm. yeah really well-rounded yeah character the great arc okay so my number five is I I'm bringing this in um not because I feel bad but there I did feel bad because it was one of those ones from our, one of our previous podcast episodes that, uh, well, you had it on your list and I wanted to have it on my list, but it was one of those ones that I chopped at the last minute. Yeah. I just couldn't, you know, and it was in our, um, our list of Kung Fu or Wuxia movies. And, yeah. um, and so, and this is the title of the movie is really cool. It's really interesting. It actually speaks to what the characters are in essence. Um, because it's a, a title that comes from, a quote from Chinese mythology, which basically means sort of the masters that are hidden in the shadow, and that is Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. So, mm. Michelle Yao, um, of course. <laughs> Sony Pictures Classics proudly presents Chow Yun Fat, Michelle Yeoh, Zhang Ziyi in an extraordinary romantic adventure. the director of Sense and Sensibility. Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Um, 
yeah, so Yushu Lin, um, or played by Michelle Yao. And I know I'll probably stuff up the pronunciations, but that's what it is. But um, this is Ang Lee's, you know, 19th century opus. It was very operatic. It was uh, very big and bold for its time. Um, it was bringing Wuxia back to the to the public conscience, um, which was great into the big screen, into the uh, to a blockbuster format. Um, and it was led by, you know, predominantly led by a female cast. You know, they were the they were the heroes yeah. of of the film. Um, you two know, two female had, leads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, to, um, yeah uh, specifically two female leads. We had Chow Yun Fat in there as well, of course, with um, Li Mu Bai. Uh, the the love interest that she was fighting for, but it was all about him. She there was no damsel in distress being saved by by Chow. She didn't need saving. She, she didn't need yeah. saving. No, she was the one who was you know who was charged with um well retrieving is the the uh, green dynasty so uh, the green yeah. sword of um the green sword of destiny. Sorry, I'm yeah. tongue tripping. Um, you know when it was stolen and yeah and battles ensued and through the trees and you know it was that that was. It set a high standard. It was actually came off the back of, I think, we had Mulan come out only a couple years prior to that or a few years prior, right? And I think it might have just ignited something. Um, yeah, when did, uh, was that 96 or something? Yeah. Um, 98? 98, yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So it was only two years earlier. And I believe that the film going public sort of got a taste for female warriors through mm. that. Um, and in this case, Chinese female warriors and... and and so it was the perfect opportunity for this to be to be brought out. Um, I, I love Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Yeah, I know you do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so such a beautiful movie. It, it is a gorgeous movie, and um, and it's not just you know like a a, a sockum beat 'em up sort no. of style of of kung fu and fighting. It's graceful. It's poetic. You know, it's spiritual. Um, you know, and everything that is fought for, it's unlike maybe some others that I'm going to bring out. It's not about revenge or anything like that. It's always, um, there's nobility behind what they're doing and, yeah. and why they're doing it. There's integrity behind what they're doing and, and, and why they're fighting. And I reckon the the big fight is up there. Like if we had to do a list, top five best, you know, one-on-one combats in film history, like the, the fight, um, the duel in this Mm. Uh, and this film would be right up there i think definitely right up there yeah it was it was amazing um so yeah i love uh michelle yao has gone on you know to be a real sort of icon of chinese cinema and yeah this is where she sort of set a, a very very high standard and she had already done some uh well you know she in kung, as far as kung fu movies go yeah, she yeah. was already um oh she already made a name made yeah. a name for herself yeah she was in Tai Chi Master with Jet Li, wasn't yeah. she? Yeah. Jet Li was supposed to come into Crouching Tiger, wasn't he? Hidden Dragon, I believe. Oh, was and he? He wasn't able to for some reason, yeah. Was, ah. But he was originally slated to or requested to. But yeah, so that's my number five. And I don't think um, it can be argued that, that uh, Michelle Yao portrayed one of the greatest yeah. female action heroes of all time. Definitely. Some things here. Uh, budget $17 million. Oh, yep. Estimated, and um, box office two hundred and fourteen million. All right, one. so a lot more. There was a there. whole spate of movies, <laughs> um, of of the, the sort of style movies that came out after that because yes. you know the um, 
I, I mean, because it's not unheard of. Well, I, the the blockbuster aspect was what sort of like um, elevated because before that, you know, of course, we've got a long history of wuxia and um, yeah, and kung fu movies. Of course, there is. Uh, and then you've got sort of fans in Western countries, yeah, you know. Um, but it was, this was a wider audience became was, aware of this, yeah. yes, yeah, exactly through, yeah, yeah. through this movie, really. I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then you had, a, and then Jet Li sort of brought out a, ho- a whole bunch of um, sort yeah, of he did hero and, and yeah. So yeah, it really did um, set a standard that was, you know, followed, and or many people tried to emulate after that. Mm. They apparently um, did all their own stunts and fight scenes as well and the only cgi used in the movie was to remove the wires yeah jetly sorry i just found it jetly was initially on board the director just said it didn't work out that's all he could say about oh, it okay. he didn't say anything else it was supposed to be a smaller project and i think it just got built and built and some more finances came yeah. their way and it just got bigger and bigger the original choice um for jen was actually shuki i saw she, that too yeah yeah uh, she just didn't want to do it she said she was lazy she actually called herself that <laughs> really and yeah she looked at the length of time that was involved and all that sort of stuff she's like ah could be yeah, no, no, no. yeah. Um, <laughs> Lee pitched the movie to Michelle Yao as Sense and Sensibility with Martial Arts nice because we know like Lee directed that um, adaptation of uh, Sense and Sensibility yeah of the, the Jane Austen classic the one with Emma Thompson and Kate Winslet and Hugh Grant mm. and the um the choreography, the the action choreography, the fight choreography was done by Wu Ping or Yu Yuan Wu Ping, responsible for well, the Matrix, Matrix fight yeah. scenes, and also I believe a lot of other kung fu movies. Yeah, yeah. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Before that, um, yeah, I think he's one of the legends in there, which we probably talked a little bit about now. Kung yeah, fu yeah. But he was um very much um, he, I guess his uh, forte was ground fighting, so mm. it would have been a new challenge for him. Um, yeah. using wires and that that would yeah, be really yeah. challenging I think but a good challenge and he, and I think the challenge was met because it, it looks incredible yeah oh, it does mm. it's actually um, Chow Yun-Fat's first martial arts movie as well because he's actually known as a action star and all the movies he'd done before action movies but yeah, no, yeah. no martial arts not ones. really martial arts yeah. Yeah. Um, so I imagine he had to do a lot of training for that as well mm. And apparently Michelle the girls Yeo carried the, the martial arts for the most part, though. So. What's that? The girls carried the martial oh, arts. Oh, totally. For the most part, yeah. yeah, and he only comes in and out of the movie, you know. Whereas the whereas Michelle Yeo and Zhang Ziyi are there pretty much the whole throughout the yeah, whole movie. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, apparently uh, Michelle Yeo um, didn't speak Mandarin until she actually. Um, yeah, she had to. She yeah. said she didn't um, do any other films or anything. She just went to lockdown basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, before <laughs> for like that, a year before or that was something. Hip. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Before that, was a thing. before that was it yeah before it was trendy before we all started doing it she went to lockdown yeah just to learn mandarin and yeah uh, it was the highest grossing foreign language movie in american film history has it been surpassed since do you know or i don't sure? know that is up until that time at least at, at least until that now. time it doesn't wow. specify whether it hmm. still stands or not yeah um angley was saying that that you know that incredible fight scene in the trees that we, we talk about but mm. um he said he's he fantasized about it since he was ten. It was like one, oh, a really? dream that he wanted to create a fight on yeah. top of the trees. Yeah, on the trees. Though. Wow! He finally got to realize his dream. However many years. It's later. such an elegant fight sequence yeah. too. That one. Cool. cool. All right. Ready for your number four? Number four. My number four is actually Alita: Battle Angel. A oh, little bit different. Okay. But, all right. Uh, all right, all right. Yeah. <laughs> 
uh, as opposed to uh, the last things we were talking about, heavily CGI mm. <laughs> used in this film. Wait, the kids are dragging something around upstairs. <laughs> They're right above us, that's the problem. They're not trying to be noisy. But... <laughs> what are they doing? Hey, kids! <laughs> Stop dragging things around! <laughs> all right back to it sorry okay so yeah, yeah uh 2019's alita oh no no they didn't mean to be making noise they were just dragging, dragging something across something the floor. Yeah, yeah. It's all so right. this like <laughs> oh you got the wrong hand. Oh. <laughs> okay good? so back into it okay um yeah so alita alita battle angel the loneliest feeling not to know who you are in time you'll remember Is new here. It's a harsh world down here. You gotta be willing to do what it takes. Alita, run! All right. I do love that movie. It's one yeah. of Akira's favorites too. So you weren't you weren't expecting that one? No, no, I wasn't expecting it though. No. <laughs> okay. Um, although it's a bit different, she's definitely a strong mm. female lead character yeah and she is um, a lead and she does carry the movie so it yeah fits, ticks the boxes yeah uh, i think you know it's it's a fully cgi character with obviously uh traits of the uh, actual actor um but she does a great job in uh, rosa salazar and portraying that character mm. uh, of course based on a graphic novel by yukito kishiro mm-hmm. but yeah i love love the movie uh, it's a stunning movie to watch. I think they built an incredible universe in the movie. Oh, such an incredible universe. Um, yeah, cinematography, CGI is really good. Of course, James Cameron and was involved with the movie and directed by Robert Rodriguez as well. Another mm. good, great director. Well, a good. I think yeah. he's a good director. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's, he's hit and miss, but I think he's... Yeah, he's ultimately, he's, he's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you'll always have, you'll always have El Mariachi, so... Yes, yeah. Mm. Um, that, and that's what that's I think of <laughs> those, I think of that series when I think of him yeah yeah good supporting character with uh, Christoph Waltz mm. um, um, and then Jennifer Connelly's in there as well she plays a good role in there oh yeah, yeah but yeah great. amazing fight scenes amazing yeah sorry you were saying she was a great character so, yeah definitely um, multi-layered characters we know like you know she was a bad guy but she what like she was, yeah but she's got a backstory and yeah yeah and yeah, yeah. Is, the ex-wife of Christoph Waltz's yeah, character yeah. and yeah that's just an interesting a cool character arc yeah yeah well well that's a that's a interesting choice and, and a good choice I mean I like it like when when um faces first started appearing in CGI like mm. I, I couldn't stomach it um yeah you know I couldn't stomach I cannot watch I know it's everyone's favorite Christmas movie or I don't like it I can't stand it I don't I like it either the, I kind of have we talked about this before I don't, maybe yeah but I think maybe our age group I, I'd be interested to know I reckon people in our age group or uh, you know where we were a bit older when that yeah, came yeah, out yeah Polar Express we're talking about of course do not right? like it yeah. no and I, I literally feel sick when yeah, I'm watching it I go yeah. oh I can't makes do me it. feel uncomfortable mm. and I, I'm yeah like great cast good director but yeah <laughs> yeah just there's something that uncanny valley yeah, it, it's just it is yeah what? what? <laughs> what the heck was that? 
But the thing is, though, that that was fully CGI, yes. right? Whereas this one was a mix of CGI and, yes. you know, live action. Yeah. So Christoph Waltz wasn't, his face wasn't CGI, no. obviously. Yeah. Jennifer Connelly wasn't. Yeah, most of the faces weren't. It was more bodies and, and stuff like that that were yeah. CGI. That, oh, they were cyborgs. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, and but the faces didn't side by side with, you know, Christoph Waltz's live action face, if that's what you yeah. but you know what I mean it's like real it's face. real face true face <laughs> non-CGI face next to this Alita Battle Angel face which was obviously CGI, CGI yeah. so gave it as almost cartoonic you know yeah. you could tell it was animated but it didn't feel like I don't know I don't know how to describe it but it didn't feel it wasn't jarring it wasn't, at all to me it wasn't jarring but at the same time it wasn't so the disparity wasn't there like you would in say like a bed knobs and broomsticks or a Roger Rabbit or you know what I mean like yes. it wasn't an obvious like you know two worlds yeah, so no, they like played together. It's like they were both there acting. Mm. Like it felt yeah. like they were really there. Like, yeah, well, exactly. she was really there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, it didn't feel superimposed. Yeah. It just, it, yeah. it, it, it was like, organic in it the way. It really did yeah. feel like that. Yeah. So even like other characters, like, uh, geez, I can't think of his name, but oh, Ed Serkin, who plays Zapan, mm-hmm. and he's got a full oh, CGI yeah, yeah. body. Yeah. And then it's just his face, basically, mm. that's not CGI. Everyone feel it just feels like it's all real kind of (laughs) in a way apparently it was um guillermo del toro who introduced cameron james cameron to their mates and he introduced them to uh, alida battle angel and oh yeah yeah oh wow told him he should have a crack at it wow yeah Yeah, because he apparently had the rights for a long time right yeah to make it i think if i'm yeah yeah, thinking of the right movie decades i think Yeah, yeah yeah Um, and as a character, she develops well. I love those sort of fish out of water moments. Mm. But, you know, they don't drag out for too long because it can wear thin. But and that's yeah. when you know when she first had her eyes open to the world. Oh, what's this? You know, um, yeah. an orange. She had an orange. I think it was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and she's blown away. She by just it tries to eat it. With the skin yeah, on. just tries to eat it with the skin on. And then, oh, if you like that, you're going to love this. And I think she had chocolate next. Or was it yeah, ice cream? I'm yeah. trying to remember. And here you go. Thank you. Hello. Are you ready? Try this. Trust me. It's chocolate. Mm, that was so great. It's good, right? I have a favorite food now. <laughs> yeah, something else yeah. blur away, but it's it's always fun to sort of see that sort of fish out of water, or you know, a whole new world sort of perspective from yeah. from a character. I love it. Um, but then she develops pretty quickly and adapts. And, yeah. Um, and then she soon discovers who she is meant to be and finds her own strengths and yeah um yeah and where she is initially again she's sort of adopted into that group of you know with that um the the guy um his name's escaping me that character that they her love interest yeah um yeah and and then there's hugo and then there's an apex and then she becomes the hero to him and she Mm. becomes the the dominant person in, in that relationship where she goes to save him and mm. well, yeah anyway so yeah no, i just i just love that character development I thought yeah it was, I thought it was excellent and yeah it's, I, I really love that movie yeah um, yeah cool interesting okay so no crossovers yet no i feel like when we get to the bottom couple we're gonna have a we're probably gonna we're well, gonna meet yeah I can't, I can't imagine that you wouldn't have what i've got at the top of my list i can't i can't imagine <laughs> that anyone in the whole damn world wouldn't have uh, because it would be sacrilegious not to. So if you don't have what I have, you're, oh, man, you're going the to hell. Yeah, the yeah, 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 yeah. Essentially, you're going to hell. And um, I'll be, um, yeah, yeah, I'll yeah, be taken a, off the podcast. You're a, you're a, you're a heathen. <laughs> um, so my number, 
Unless you got any cool fun facts, real quick. Um, oh, I did. Are they are talking about a sequel? Yeah, I want to be. Oh, and they 20, left it open. Twenty-two, twenty-three. They left, they left it hanging. So yeah, they should. They bloody they should hurry up about it. I know. Yeah, I. I mean, what can we do in this? Yeah, that's it. COVID I think thing. I read twenty-two, twenty-three, or twenty-three, twenty-four. They were like talking about the sequel coming out, mm. but I don't know when that was from. You know what I mean? So Christoph Waltz ain't getting any younger. Neither <laughs> yeah. Jennifer Connelly. Come on, that's true. Remember falling in love with Jennifer Connelly when she was on the Labyrinth? Labyrinth. <laughs> <laughs> Major crush for every every kid our age. <laughs> My number four is. Okay, so she shares the billing, this one. Yeah. Um, but I think that she is uh, such a powerful uh, presence in this film <laughs> that it is fair to call it, uh, say the film is led by her, despite the fact that um, the name of the film, the title of the film, alludes to the other protagonist, main protagonist. Yeah. Um, and that is from Mad Max Fury Road, yeah. Imperator Furiosa. Played by Charlie's that on. I was pretty sure you were gonna have that on yeah, your Yeah, hell yeah, yeah. I couldn't go past it, so We are not things. We are not things. Where is she taking them? I want them back! They're my property! Oh, what a day! What a lovely day! Wanna get through this? Let's go! It was um, one of the ones I, I, I took off right. purely because... Because you thought I wanted, yeah, 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 cool. But that was the only reason. Uh-huh. Um, but I, I wanted to put, because she's such a strong character. And oh, she yeah. is, like, she's equally, you yeah, know. Yeah, definitely, um, definitely, yeah. Uh, and, and as far as the movie goes, you know. Yeah, well, um, she this so it, it can be justified. Um, uh, even though it's called Mad Max, it can be justified. Um, I believe. Um, actually, a funny thing that, that about the etymology of the name Furiosa was that originally that wasn't a character name. It wasn't in the script as a character name, but it was one of the options for a film title. Oh. So, so George Miller presented it to the other writers. Um, you know, he presented two options: Mad Max Fury Road and Mad Max Furiosa. And they went ah. Mad Max Fury Road, and then they're like, "This is such a cool name. What do we do with it?" And let's not becoming... waste it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I wrote down what the other names were. I can't remember that she was going to be called, and I might yeah. come up in my notes if I can find it. But ended up, yeah, Furiosa is, is really cool. Imperator was just going to be Imperator, sorry. Um, and then it ended up becoming Imperator Furiosa. I think George Miller was wanting to bring in a new dominant character, mm. you know, into this franchise. Uh, but didn't want to make the mistake that many of these sort of fake woke Hollywood peeps have been doing yeah. recently. I think yeah. it's dropped off a bit, so thank goodness. But with predominantly female-led um, reboots and sequels and yeah. those sorts of things. Um, so this one got to be female-led. Just new characters. But it wasn't, cool. Yeah, it wasn't so in your face. It wasn't yeah. playing that card. Like, you know, look at what we're doing. We're woke. Like, yeah. look at us. Look at us. Please look at us. Because we're doing... It was more organic. It's and, so organic, yeah. you know. And that's George Miller. He's... So, Oh gosh, don't, you know, I, just, I love <laughs> George Miller. He's one of my favorite um, directors, and but um, he he had more respect than that, and mm. and didn't feel that need to jump on that bandwagon, which um, you know, in my opinion, is 
all that that spate of awfulness was. It was just bandwagoning, um, yeah. you know, yeah. the ghost buses and you can go on and on. But um, he had more respect. And so for for what the what the female action hero could be and um, in fact, and, and what could, they could do. And in fact, he actually hired a notable, uh, the notable writer and um, feminist, Eve Ensler, who wrote mm. the Vagina Monologues, to consult. And so he actually mm. got a, a feminist consultant on, um, wow. you know, because I'm, I'm a dude, he's old, you know, you know the classic label of being an old white guy. Yeah. Um, and he realized, you know, I want I want someone else's perspective to make sure that you know I'm doing this right. So she was able to, he said, enhance the portrayal of the female characters. So yeah. I love that. I had a chance to meet George Miller once. It's one of my biggest regrets is when I was working <laughs> at Wet and Wild. Um, for those that don't know what that is and, and are listening from overseas, yeah, right. Um, there's a, there's a <laughs> There's a um I'm pretty sure our two listeners. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> no, we're just <laughs> no, went wild. There's but in case you don't, it's a theme park. It's a water park, um, much like uh, San Dimas. Um, <laughs> <laughs> San Dimas, California. San Dimas, California water. What's park, the name of the water park? I can't remember. Oh, San Dimas man. water park. I don't know. Anyway, but it's a it's a water park, and I used to work there as a well. Initially, as a ride attendant, then as a lifeguard, and then I used to be three IC, which is doing all the rotations and that sort of stuff, and organizing where everyone goes on on their shifts and so i was uh yeah like one of the supervisors i guess and so i was doing a a rotation and then over the radio um uh the two i see above me goes oh nate um george miller's in the park i know you i know you're a fan of george miller i'm like oh yeah oh my goodness and then and i i just remember like just wanting to go i freaked out i wanted to go and meet him but I was like, oh, I don't want to disturb him. He's with his family and the uh, yeah. rise and all that sort of stuff. Oh, and so I dropped, you know. And um, anyone that knows George Miller, so um, if you don't know, uh, Mad Max, uh, Babe, um, Lorenzo's Oil, um, you know, Happy Feet. Like, uh, he's, he's an incredible writer uh, mm-hmm. and, um, and director. So I never got to meet him. And so it's been my biggest regret. Um, yeah one of my biggest regrets um after having, i'd probably after be the same though like i reckon i've you know you're just like oh, oh i don't want to be that yeah, guy yeah. I've, ne- I've never been that guy i've seen celebrities and in, in, you know on the street and yeah. i'm just like eh, I'm not yeah and, and it's not worried me but this one is always just yeah, yeah. at me now because uh yeah i'm such a a fan of his seen all his movies and, and love it just love hearing the stories about how he directs um you know like for example in this one he tom hardy um, and even um, Charlize Theron, Tom Hardy uh, didn't get on with either of those two, um, but with George Miller, he said that he didn't get on with Charlize Theron. Yeah, he didn't or get George on. Tom Miller. Hardy and Charlize Theron clashed a lot. Oh wow! Tom, Tom Hardy couldn't see the vision of what was going. On. He said it's just endless sand, oh. and I, you know. <laughs> so we know we know that George Miller had a vision, and mm. his vision included colorization and all sorts of like gorgeous stuff. He could see how beautiful this yeah. hard one sort of road action film could could be yeah you know it was very much an a to b action film or yeah, a to b yeah. and then back to a right like but and so so you can imagine when you're shooting it and you're you're looking at things close up you know you, you could it's very easy to to have a myopic uh point of mm. view you just don't see because you're, yeah. you're not in the head of of he goes, I've, I've heard that he was a genius. I've heard all that, but I just couldn't, I couldn't see it. And so I was yeah. getting frustrated. I was getting angry. And Charlize was saying the same thing, going like arguing with it. What are you trying to do here? What, what, I don't get what you're trying to get out of this, this shot. I don't get what you're trying to do here. Mm. And so they're arguing with the, he's, you know, he's just 
being George Miller, he's going, no, 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 it's all good. It's all yeah. good. You know, he's an Aussie. So, yeah, Trust it's all good, me. mate. Just trust me. <laughs> no worries, mate. I don't know if that's how George Miller talks. But it's a, yeah, mate. So, you know, um, and then it was afterwards and, and Tom Hardy said he had to go up at the Cannes Film Festival and he just, you know, prostrated himself. and Not quite sackcloth and ashes, but, you know, he really yeah. had to humble himself and go to George yeah. um, Miller and say, oh, you know, I'm really sorry. I, wow, I'm just blown away by this. I didn't yeah. really see what, what you could see. Mm. Uh, and now I, you know, trust you with what you want to do. That's cool. Um, yeah. So action movies don't usually do well in award seasons, but um, they get snubbed by the elitists. But Fury Road won six Academy Awards. Yeah. Won six Academy, which is that's pretty, pretty good. Huge. Yeah. yeah. Nominated for a few more, I think. But uh, including being nominated, didn't win, but for Best Picture. Mm. I can't remember what won that year. Probably not as worth it. Um, yeah. yeah see if you can find it. Like talking yeah. but that's only the second sequel after toy story 3 to be nominated when the previous films in the franchise haven't been nominated um i love apocalyptic i think there's so much you can do i, I don't know i just love the blandness of an apocalyptic setting and seeing what the characters can do to enliven that that blandness because apocalyptic settings are often sort of dark gray maybe desert sort of style or mm. just or, or cities that are dilapidated and run down but it's always very grim yeah. and so george miller he realized that and he said so i want color i want you know and even and even um you know like you got the guy playing the guitar yeah, uh, on yeah. The front. he goes because he said i can imagine if i was in this apocalyptic setting i can imagine my family and all that sort of stuff what we'd want to do is try our best to beautify the area you know, with whatever we've got, whatever tools that are at our disposal, we'd want to try and pretty it up and try and make it a little bit better, uh, a little bit more beautiful because we're in such a dark and dismal time. So, you yeah. know, you try and take some, you try and ornament the place as, as best you can. And so that's what that's what he did. And that's why it's so beautifully colored. And that's why you got all these sort of like little cool little, um, like like the, the the guy, the drums and the, and the music yeah. and lots of little things and the way they decorate themselves. Um, Okay, so the names they had um, before Furiosa for Charlize Theron's character were the Praetorian, Praetorian Warrior Woman, and Imperator. And then eventually, eventually settled on Furiosa when it was no longer wanted as the title of the movie, as a mm. subtitle. So, yeah. That's cool. Um, it was uh, Spotlight that won that year. No, oh, that's right. Okay, yeah. so I mean... I wasn't sure... At first, I was like, "Was it 2016 or 2015?" But the 2016 awards. I've seen Spotlight. I, I like it. It was. It was. You know. It was. It was important. Yeah. Um, I th- maybe I'm just biased, but I think Fury Road. Just as as a film, when you look at all the elements, like what it takes to make a film. Yeah. It's like if you look at it as a piece of art. Yeah. Okay. If if you look at Spotlight as a as a as a I don't know as a as a social message. You go like, okay, hands down. That's. Do you think that's, that's why it won? It's often why mm. these things win. Yeah, if it's pertinent to our times. Seems. Yeah. Yeah, and it had great acting and it had a great yeah. cast, great ensemble. Spotlight was an excellent film, not to take anything away from it, but I, you know, and the same thing happened with Avatar versus um, Hurt Locker. Whereas, yeah, yeah, again, it was okay. You had this this human story with Hurt Locker, and mm. you know, but what it takes to create that art you know yeah, like yeah. what it would have taken to create avatar what it would have taken to and still come out as a classy movie yeah um you know and i think with fury road just the amount of blood sweat and tears that have gone into creating that yeah but anyway yeah it's interesting actually the so spotlight one the other nominees were 
uh, The Big Short, Bridge of Spies, Brooklyn, Mad Max Fury Road, The Martian, The Revenant, and Room. So, they were all worthy, yeah. honestly. They were very, Some quite was a good very movies, good list. Isn't yeah, yeah. yeah I, c- I couldn't knock any one of them for taking it if they'd taken mm. it. Like, I actually haven't seen Brooklyn. That's the only one, I think. Yeah, no, no, I haven't seen Brooklyn. Mm. But um, I chose Furiosa because I think while Max was there and, and it was titled after him because, it, you know, it was just part of that series, so I think it had yeah. to be. Um, Max was almost there as the ride-along. Yeah. You know, at least yeah. for a major part of it. Um, it. It opened with him and it was really, oh, it was one of the coolest openings actually of a film I've seen in a long time. Yeah. It was so sharp and oh, just everything from stomping on the lizard grabbing it <laughs> eating it like it's just awesome and then hearing something in the distance and the jump oh it's just the car chase through the really cool opening scene but but mostly he was there as a ride-along for a good because yeah, then he gets caught and yeah, yeah yeah then he gets caught and so but furiosa was i mean the film's driver figuratively yeah. and literally you know yeah she was ta- intelligent resourceful brave you know but she also showed uh human glimpses of vulnerability Mm. you know you could feel the relationship journey that her and max had yeah um which is cool because it was cold at the start of course uh and they almost killed each other and then it so it went from that hate and maybe distrust Mm. to respect and then even by the end those inklings of of fondness that perhaps would have blossomed into full-blown romance if it wasn't um you know if time had allowed yeah yeah you know but it did i love that george miller stopped short of that and didn't give us that sort of hollywood yeah ending yeah you know just stop short of that sort of like i want you forever sort of stuff and yeah but yeah i'd say it's um it's one of the best releases of the last decade yeah i really like that movie like i said the only reason i crossed it out was because of mad max basically and mm. um but it's definitely worthy of being oh the other thing was i, I was actually pretty sure you'd have it on your list <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> i thought we'd get to talk about it yeah, yeah. um but yeah um yeah, really good movie. I really want to rewatch it again, actually, because I haven't seen it for a while. Yeah, I think, mm. I, oh man, I watched it three times at the movies. Yeah. I loved it that much. And at big screen, oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah. Seeing it on the big screen was phenomenal. Oh, it was an epic movie. Yeah. yeah definitely an epic movie. Yeah. You know what's cool? A, a little bit of trivia. He doesn't swear on his movies, George Miller. Oh, so yeah. he uses just like slang, like yeah. slanger and all that sort of stuff. Like That's like yeah. that made up stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I was also reading uh, 80%. Uh, well really there's not much cgi on it at all most of it is all practical effects yeah 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 um they say about 80 percent of it is practical effects Mm. but the only cgi was um like it's used sparingly for landscape shots Mm. and then also to remove stunt rigging and um of course uh furious's um but uh, apart from that it's all it's all practical yeah she Which um she just wore like a prosthetic really over cool. it or something just to cover it like a green yeah I think so and do the CGI over yeah it. actually that was it was like a hard cast yeah it was like a plastic sleeve yeah and it was green. oh yeah because she actually broke Tom Hardy's nose apparently. she broke Tom Hardy's nose yeah <laughs> By elbowing she swung him around yeah yeah, yeah. I, not on purpose but yeah <laughs> although they didn't get on so it, might, it could have been but yeah. I wonder if they didn't get on after that or before. <laughs> I don't know. Two of my favorite um, actors, actually, but they, yeah. those two. She's played some strong female leads as well. Like, oh, yeah. She, um, she's some a great incredible actress. Movies. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know if it's on your list, but like uh, Atomic Blonde and The Old Guard, like some strong, kind of yeah, yeah. very physical. She's good in The Old Guard. Um, yeah, lead actress. Well, yeah. And so, so this list for me is, again, like if I was to build a female 
And I don't want them to do it because then it's just that bandwagon that we're talking about. Yeah, yeah. But they should have, I think, in my mind, they should have introduced some female action heroes, absorb them into the team, yeah. like with the male heroes. There was yeah. no reason they couldn't have done that instead of a Ronda Rousey. Yeah, yeah. You know, who was just yeah. kind of like a, a well, like you said, star at, at the time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And there's plenty they could have picked from. There's plenty they could have picked um, from, yeah. Including like Charlize Theron, because yeah. she had already done enough, I think. Or. Maybe not at that stage. This was 2015. Yeah. Old guard after that. Maybe she hadn't quite cemented herself as a... It's interesting. Cause she, she done... Um, sorry, no, go, go. I was just going to say, she did. she's done more of those kind of roles as her career has gone on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like um, Monster, I guess, which was physical in a different yeah, kind yeah, of a way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But as far as action movie go, action movies go, it's it's been kind of later in her, hmm. in her career. But yeah, I mean, they could have had, you know, they could have had Michelle Yao. Um, yeah you know yeah in there that would have been excellent like especially as jet lee was dropping out as he was aging and he couldn't do as much imagine you know replacing him with another chinese actor yeah that's um, right yeah but they, they i think they, they dropped linda the hamilton on that one. Hey? linda hamilton yeah Shush. Yeah. yeah that would have been good <laughs> <laughs> um yeah yeah definitely but um yeah but i mean it was just it was one of those movies i think that just oh, it's just it's, it's so well made and it was just not there was no Hollywood cliche tropes were at a minimum, um, yeah. just enough that, you know, there's a, the biggest trope I guess would be uh, a road uh, car chase, but that was the whole movie. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And yeah, the whole yeah. movie was based around that, but that a car chase, yeah, the whole movie chase, was a car but, chase. I mean, but that is Mad Max. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, Mad it's Max. It's all about the road. It's all about the road. road yeah. Mad Max 2 and Fury Road, I think are two of the best action movies, you know, definitely mm. in the top 20. Um, of yeah. the last you know 30 years or whatever when did, when did two it's come probably out? more yeah. than that Oof, oh, no, no, I'm <laughs> it was 80s oh uh, no it was 80 yeah, um, yeah. well it was 80s yeah. anyway but yeah it's, so, so none of that cliche like I said no no cliche romance at the end and all that sort of stuff and, and also it leaves you just to wrap up my thoughts on it like I loved it because it was it was it was bloody but it was and it was violent but it was all in the name of peace. So it wasn't just yeah. vengeance. It wasn't just, you know, gratuitous mm-hmm. um, for the sake of it. You know, it wasn't, it, it was all to try and find peace yeah. and to overthrow a government. Well, in the end, it became about it. They didn't, not initially, yeah, but on the, yeah. you know, the road back, they decided, okay, that's what we've got to try and do to yeah. overthrow that government that was, had was you know, suppressing the people and suppressing their ability to progress and to, to live mm harmoniously you know it was so yeah so that makes two 40 years ago oh, wow. 1981 holy crap wow, just uh wow, wow. yeah <laughs> that's crazy okay anyway so that's my number three today's nice oh wait is that three no that's it? your number four. Oh gosh okay yeah do we need to crack on over <laughs> yeah wow okay what is your number that's always three? the way well uh, <clears throat> it works out because uh, my number three is actually a crossover uh, my number three is Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Okay. <laughs> so we've already talked um, a bit about that okay, one. Cool. Yeah, uh, like we said before, it's a beautiful movie. I love, I love the um, the martial arts in the movie. You know, awesomely choreographed. The cinematography is is fantastic uh, by Peter Pan. I think his name is. Write that down. I oh, really? had, had to read that again. Yeah. Oh. It's probably not pronounced that way. I'm not sure. Yeah. Well. <laughs> No, sorry. I think it's Peter Powell. I'm still probably not pronouncing that correctly, but anyway, yeah, just uh, fantastic choreography, mm. uh, cinematography, sorry, and choreography. 
Um, the choreography yeah. was Wu Ping. Yeah, that was yeah. Wu Ping. Yeah. And um, yeah, just great characters with, like we said before, Michelle Yao and uh, Zhang Ziyi. You know, with Michelle, you know, that's, she plays such a strong character and she's really trying to help and guide, you know, the younger Zhang Ziyi's character, right. Jen, Jen uh, who's been misguided by, you know, someone that's latched onto her at a young age and and basically kind of kind of brainwashed the world, you know, taught her um, her philosophies and yeah and who you know and basically in her own kind of effort for revenge has trained jen and and made her into what she is mm. and so uh michelle yao's character sees her and is trying to rescue her basically and although she's uh you know fighting against them you know she yeah. sees that she's young and that she's she's being kind of manipulated and she wants to help her and quite a complicated story i think very complicated uh, I think story maybe yeah. a lot of wuzia is it's not just sort of like a one plot line sort of story no. is and you got because yeah, there's cause you, multiple layers to yeah because yeah. you had that you know you had the student master mm. relationship you had the um you know the love the love story, uh, story between, which was yeah. it was like a triangle but one of the triangle was no longer there had passed away mm. but out of respect for that person you know they couldn't that's right yeah. you know announce their love to each other but you could see that it was there and they could feel it for each other and there was devotion to each other but they just yeah. couldn't follow through on it and so there was that and then there was the search of course for the um to get the sword back and it was just quite a, quite a lot of layers mm. um and and sort of threads they all crossed over each other and but it was t- it was tied together really well you didn't yes. feel lost in it or anything like yeah, that yeah. um yeah only um definitely apparently uh michelle yao wasn't the only one who couldn't speak mandarin Oh yeah, she her family were English speakers, native English speakers. Oh. She really had to work hard, and she said she was pretty much brought to tears because, um, yeah, and Chow Yun Fat, sorry, his native language was Cantonese. Cantonese yeah. So yeah, so there were oftentimes it have to do take after take after take after take. So it would have been a, and not only wow. that, but you know, Wu Ping having to learn how to choreograph fighting with wires and yeah it would have been a very hard movie to make i think and so a lot of the big big tip of the hat to the actors and the directors and the, everyone yeah. that just the choreographers that made that work yeah because it could have been a mess yeah considering <laughs> yeah. all those things it could have been an absolute mess yeah definitely um yeah no it's quite incredible that it turned out to be such a beautiful movie in that way <laughs> excellent cool. my number three is i wonder if you've got this Wait, you've done your three, so you've only got two more. I've only got two more. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Oh, dang. But I couldn't... I've surely got I, it. I feel like you would have this one, but but considering what my top two are, I'm wondering, like... <laughs> Which one I've missed can out? You? Yeah, what have you missed out on? <laughs> what have you not got? Maybe we don't have the same number uh, one. Maybe not. But, oh, jeez, okay. Maybe we don't have the same number two. Or maybe you don't have this one at all, and I'm just thinking, well... <laughs> so, anyway... It is uh, Beatrix, a.k.a. The Bride from Kill Bill. <laughs> so Uma Thurman. Um, oh, that's interesting. Not too long ago, I was quite the professional. My friends and I, we were the creme de la creme in an exclusive industry. And we all worked for this man, Bill. Then one day, I decided to leave settle down and start a new life but when i tried to get out they did me in yeah number three eh? that's my number three <laughs> well um 
gr- granddad's story. So, um, you know, granddad, old granddad, <laughs> our granddad. Um, th- those of you who are just tuning in for the first time, Luke and I are brothers-in-law. So um, my my mum's father, granddad, some when he was about 85, he died last year at the age of 100, didn't quite make 101, but when he was in his mid-80s, he was living on his property in a place called Gympie and he was living in a caravan and he went to step in his caravan and a tornado picked it up and threw the, ripped apart the, the caravan and threw him 20 meters. He said the last thing he saw, the last thing he remembered was his dog flying next to him or something, right? And then he, <laughs> then he woke up um, uh, against a tree. And anyway, you know, so it just snuck up to, onto him unaware. He wouldn't have been aware the tornado was coming. That's what happens with these tornadoes, right? Um, and there's a point to this. I'm leading to something. Don't worry. <laughs> Boom. Picks him up and then throws him 20 meters. Well, I saw the bride like that. I see yeah. she, um, like a tornado suddenly hits rather than say a hurricane, which yeah. you can watch on the radars and you can see it approaching, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, you can't prepare for this tornado always. Like, you know, unless you can see it far off in the distance already, mm. but if it sneaks up on you, it sneaks up on you. And some action heroes are like hurricanes. Some are like tornadoes. So mm. some of them just announce themselves from a mile away you can see them coming they just hit you unex you know you know whereas some just hit you unexpectedly sorry so yeah um like think of maybe the terminator as a hurricane versus say the equalizer is like a tornado mm. that's kind of how i see it right you just this unexpected yeah action hero that just suddenly is like you're dead you yeah. know you didn't expect that out of them like you know they can be working um, that the unexpected one is yeah working like the equalizer working at a hardware store you know mm. or working as in the restaurant or as a chef or whatever you know yeah, yeah. Um, anyway I, I kind of see the bride as that she just it's just this one that sneaks up and funnily though the obvious hurricane um, badasses usually get that trope treatment of being challenged by some backwards local troublemaker macho dudes you know when they walk in the room they yeah like and in the room usually a bar or something it's like it's that big brash. Um, action hero often gets this treatment they kind of go into a, a bar is often the scene where they, they yeah. get and then um the troublemaker macho dudes the locals are all like oh there's this yeah. hurricane let's run right head first into it well any normal person we're watching they're going why the hell would you check even if like this guy called arnold Schwarzenegger looks like arnold Schwarzenegger, right yeah. as big as he was back then walks in naked or whatever like yeah dude have my pants like yeah. no, I'm not, i don't want anything no trouble no dude and then you know, but then one of them always smashes a glass on the head of the action hero and the action hero turns around slowly and they're like, oh, crap. Like, oh, I made a mistake. Yeah, oh, I made a mistake. And but then they th- you can see the, oh, I made a mistake. But then they go like, oh, but I'm going to go for it anyway. And then they punch him or something. They try and punch on and then the action, and then the action hero just grabs a hand or something like that and then breaks their ulna. Um, you know, and then they're like, oh, what the hell, man? What'd you do there? Are you crazy or something? And it's like, well, dude, like, did you not see that hurricane like coming to hit you? And then, then uh, friends join in. Friends jump into the hurricane as well. And then they I want to get beat up too. I want to get beat up too. And then there's usually a pool cue that gets broken and someone gets stabbed, stabbed with half a pool cue and um, snaps. So, and so true. Yeah. And then the local troublemakers all get beaten. And there's one that probably gets up off the ground and slowly like crawling away and trying to get away. And then the action hero maybe picks up a pool ball and throws it at his head, knocks him out and then takes his car keys or whatever um, or asks for some information. I think that, you explained a scene from about a hundred movies. Yeah, yeah. Like that, and that's because that, that's what they, the trope is sort of like, it gets yeah. set around these, these hurricanes. I still enjoy heroes. it though. Yeah, we still enjoy it. We still, even though we know it's coming, you know, we're not as stupid as these rednecks that are, uh, you know, trying to make trouble. But um but as I was saying, the, the bride is, is more like a tornado and it's one that just yeah. picks you up and, you know, throws you, or picks you up, throws you out, then picks you up again and throws yeah. you out and 
there's probably you know meteorologists listening to this right now um, <laughs> what, like, are you that's not how, what are you doing that's not how tornadoes work but you know what i'm trying to say like um yeah but um i like your analogy oh, i just had an autoplay what the hell an ad where did that come from i can't even i hate it when there's an autoplay and you can't find the page ah uh, yes i have no idea where it is <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh we're gonna to have to shut all of them but yeah um you know the bride was i think the way she got away with it um you know because she was part of probably she might have been a part of that hurricane force i guess earlier but then uh, you know after the wedding and um yeah. she was presumed dead right mm-hmm. so as a character she got to be that that sneaky um, you know tornado that, um, and take people by surprise you know with her vengeance um mm. Uma had to nail that part, I think, um, yeah. with mannerisms and her expressions and her just um, vocal tone even and her sort of physical movement. Everything sort of had to, like, if you compare it to, say, you know, another Quentin Tarantino movie, the like Pulp Fiction, for example, like complete opposite characters in the way mm, that, yeah. you know, she was more flamboyant, even though she was still living in that dark world, yeah. that underbelly um, existence, she was a different character, flamboyant, talked a lot, mm. um, but this one, you know, she she had to be very. She was very choosy with her words. Yeah. Very articulate with her words. She knew what she wanted to say, and she would say no more. You know. Yeah. So it's all very precise. Everything she did was was precision like. Yeah. Um, and she fought like that with precision. I mean, there were there were some big just smash them up fights. Um, mm. you know, like with Vivacia Fox, for example. Yeah. Like, but um, but yeah, she was she was very precise and just how she approached everything and you know she'd become a stoic i guess person and just ready to go so um and i honestly believe that her acting in this deserved at least an oscars nomination i think but we know you know action movies are snobbed so yeah um but the thing is though it was actually very dramatic as well They're not highbrow enough it wasn't highbrow enough yeah <laughs> but I mean, again it was such a complete movie and such a well-made movie that art should be it's it's got to be looked at as art movies yeah. have to be looked at as art that, that's what they are yeah you know so like how was this art created and how artistic is it in its mm. creation like how grand is this beautiful it doesn't have to be grand but how how gorgeous is it how well made was it like yeah. uh, all the elements the boxes that are ticked and this one just just did it because it wasn't just all out you know blow them up action it was very mm. dramatic as well yeah uh you know the way they um they move through her story quite slowly, her backstory quite slowly. Um, yeah, yeah. And they're just giving you pockets at yeah, a time. Giving you a little bit at a time, yeah. Yeah, yeah. which helped you to sort but, of like understand her character. Yeah, and even by the end of the first movie, you still, you st- there's, there's still a lot of gaps to fill. <laughs> well, yeah, I'd say the second movie was more dramatic. Yeah, um, it had more of the story of what yeah, put it all yeah. together. Yeah. Yeah, the, the first, first one, one hooked was, you and then the second yes. was like, now yep. why is that happening? Yeah, yep. yeah. First yeah. one had, was like, a lot of action and amazing mm. action and then the second one kind of explained a lot more of it i thought yeah explained why she was had to i guess retreat into a primal mm. sort of character like she had to just become very primal just very instinctive in everything that yeah. she did now because she had, you know she had trusted these people and yeah, she thought yeah. she was living a she was about to live a, a life away from this underbelly this mm. this seedy existence you know this she thought she had it, you know, she's getting married and yeah. you know, she was pregnant and, and all the rest of it. And so she was ready to live that life. Mm. And suddenly, so now she has to sort of revert to this sort of primal instinct sort of character. Yeah. A, a character, you know, that relies on primal instincts, I should say. Yeah. 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 So that's my number three. That is a good choice. Yeah. 
I think I know what your number two and number one are. All right. Yeah, you would have guessed it by now if yeah. it hasn't been brought up. I don't know. I, I think I might know the order, but maybe not. Okay, okay. Um, <clears throat> all right, so... Wait, where are we at? My number two, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so my number two... Don't be shocked. My number two is Aliens. Okay, okay. All right, cool, cool, cool. Ripley. Just tell me one thing, Burke. You're going out there to destroy them, right? Not to study, not to bring back, but to wipe them out. That's the plan. I don't have aliens, yeah. What's that? I don't have aliens. You don't have aliens? No, I might. I don't know. I'm not saying anything. (laughs) Alien. Well, the aliens... Uh, I've, I've I've picked aliens, but it's really the character of yeah. uh, Ripley, and um, particularly in the first two movies for me. Mm. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. but uh, in Aliens, I remember watching Aliens when I was younger and just thinking how awesome she was. You know, like uh, yeah, like yeah, Aliens is where where she really became the action hero. Yes, yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, like the first one is more about her staying alive, mm. um, but the second one she like kicks butt yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know with that famous line where she's in the the big mech suit and mm. yeah um i just uh, yeah i love i love the character and you know at a at a young age watching that i think uh that was yeah i thought she was awesome yeah. <laughs> i'm trying to hold off my discussion no just, i don't know what to do now trying to hold back what do i do <laughs> I, I want to talk about um, it in my honorable mentions <laughs> <laughs> wink wink yeah Man. yeah right yeah uh, yeah no i mean she's just she's she's just an amazing actress too i really like her yes I think yeah I, I wouldn't say she's underrated but she hasn't really she hasn't maybe doesn't have that same is she in the echelons of like a meryl streep i don't know i don't know but but i think she can act as well it's just she, i, I she think she have can the same, definitely i don't think yeah. she has the same broad catalog yes but she can if you give her a part to play yeah. she can play it I, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We shouldn't compare. We don't need to compare. Scotty Weaver is just an incredible actress in her own right. Definitely. Yeah. But I'd say this 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 character here was the one that sort of set her. Um, yeah. As up as an icon. Yeah. As a, yeah. as a Hollywood icon. Yeah, definitely. Um, the budget for Aliens so eighteen point five million is the estimated budget. Okay. It made one hundred thirty one million in the box office. Okay. Was it Alien or Aliens? So that was Aliens. aliens. Sorry, the sequel. Yep. So I didn't look up Alien. Okay. Um, but like I said, I just I put Aliens because that was the one. Right, right. Yeah, like you said, where I felt she, mm. you know, really became the a hero. You know, she saves the girl. And well, what can you say? What more can <laughs> we say? I don't know. There's probably more I you did can have say. Some, but oh, there's a lot more you can say. Yeah. I was just gonna say, written and directed by James Cameron as well. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. But yeah, like uh, there are some other great characters in that movie as well. Um, mm. Bill Paxton plays a really good character. But yeah, that one, you know, this the, that I, f- I feel like Aliens does play out like a bit more like a classic kind of action yeah. action movie. You know, it feels like a like an eighties action movie, but set like in a sci fi universe. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so my we can discuss more when you we can, maybe maybe. <laughs> Otherwise, yeah, we can, dis- <laughs> we can discuss it in honourable mentions if we get there. So there's a, um, my number two, sorry, I'll go straight to it, is, I mean, I know what it is, but I, just, <laughs> I want, to get, want to get my notes accidentally. I know um, what it is too. So my number two 
is um, even though it's she has been in uh, a few of the films in the franchise as part of the yeah. franchise. I think it's really the second one of the franchise yeah. that um, cemented her as an action hero. Yeah. Um, it was set. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone agrees. <laughs> it was set 11. Do you all agree? You're listening? Do you know it? Can you guess it? It was set 11 years. Uh, you know what? I'm going to dedicate this one. This my number two. I'm going to dedicate to my cousin James because we saw it together in the theater. Oh, really? Yes. Yes. <laughs> we went to the theater and on the way we walked there or we hitched or anyway but it was back in the day we didn't have cars we were young um very young and um we didn't have money for anything i think i don't know if we snuck into this one but there were some that we snuck into but we may have just had enough money for the tickets for the movie no tickets for popcorn or money for popcorn or drinks or anything like that not not like these days when i'm an adult and i can just on the way we were just stripping um trees um there were fijo trees which if you don't know what fijo trees are they're a tree in new zealand um a, a favorite fruit, fruit of kiwis yeah um it's a really tasty sweet fruit and so i remember stripping the neighbor's trees of fijoas and we just had a big bag in a plastic bag took that into the movies and we just that was our popcorn we ate fijoas and watched terminator <laughs> 2 29-year-old female, diagnosed as acute schizoaffective disorder. She believes that a machine called a Terminator was sent back through time to kill her. My son, he's in great danger. Are you the legal guardian of John Connor? So yeah, so Terminator <laughs> 2 um, with a young John Connor, Edward Furlong, who was, you know, he was so great. Uh, yeah. Furlong, I mean, I'll get to to Linda Hamilton in a sec but Furlong was great um, mm. this was his career Kickstarter this was his first film so far as I know I'm pretty sure yeah I said his first one I'm pretty I'm almost certain I'm almost yeah. 100% certain it was his first one and he spent the 90s you know doing some awesome things like he, like a lot of people yeah. just know him from Terminator and then like oh he must have just dropped off the scene after that but he spent the better part of the decade you know up to 2000 and then after that the, you know drugs and alcohol started to debilitate his ability to really make a living um mm. doing what he's doing and he sort of stopped getting parts but you know it was his very first it was his very first but yeah, yeah american history x animal factory so that's an incredible debut what a, for... what, a de what a debut you know um and he was the kid that you know as he would have been around our age when we were watching it and um yeah, yeah i think he's on 46 he's 44 so yeah it was around you know just watching it was cool and you know we're like oh yeah that's a that's a cool kid that's someone i want to be you know friends with and all the girls liked them you know had that 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 perfect early 90s hair yeah, with a fringe yeah. so everyone else all the other guys wanted a fringe it was like always like pushing yeah back. yeah it's a river <laughs> phoenix edward Furlong fringe it was quite yeah quite popular in the early 90s um joey joey from friends fringe yeah, yeah. we all know it we all know what it is but yeah um he did some great things he got a lot of nominations and and won awards you know um for his work throughout that decade yeah. And then drugs and alcohol. Um, but John Connor, Staying Alive, that was the key to the film. Uh, he was the key to human victory and uh, civilization victory over a future robots uprising. Uh, so we have Governor Arnold Schwarzenegger. He entered the scene, the T-800, who was, you know, going back to the first movie, he was the bad guy, um, mm. you know. Um, he was the first Terminator antagonist. But he had an, an upgrade and uh, he was sent back to protect John. 
reprogrammed, wasn't it? Reprogrammed, yeah. and um, I should say, and sent back to protect John against the next gen Terminator, which was a shape shifting and mind blowing for that time when yeah. we all first saw it. It was like, holy, what are we watching here? This is incredible. Um, it was, it was James Cameron. Another, another, another we'll just keep Cameron. talking about James Cameron. Yeah, <laughs> wow, James Cameron. It's quite yeah. incredible. Oh my gosh, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. okay, yeah. Um, but yeah, shape shifting. Same thing happened when we did our Christmas movies. I, I had a whole bunch of. Yeah. Anyway, but um, but shape shifting T one thousand played by Robert Patrick very ably. Another awesome very, job. Yeah, yeah, awesome job. Yeah, but yeah, like you're right though. Like that CGI, mm. like nineteen ninety one. It still holds up. Like it's yeah, it's incredible for yeah. that. I know? mean, if it came out right now, we'd be like, oh, okay. Yeah. But but <laughs> but in context, it still holds up. Yeah, like, yeah. It's, it's still great to watch. It doesn't feel yeah naff at all. Um, and then of course we have the the woman of the hour who I'm talking about Sarah Connor um, you know played by Linda Hamilton uh, a name synonymous with and we watched the movie in Hamilton actually so that was quite appropriate <laughs> Hamilton New Zealand was where we, I saw this movie but yeah Sarah Connor played by Linda Hamilton a name synonymous Sarah Connor has been a name that's become synonymous with female action heroes yeah um, just as um, you know you're talking about with aliens yeah. um, what I love most is her evolution from mild damsel in distress mm. to um you know a college student from memory in the first one who must be saved to someone who takes the steering wheel herself yeah you know and in fact she takes in fact she takes it to the other end of the spectrum um which becomes an interesting part of the whole character arc mm. because she goes to the other end of the spectrum and we just see it automatically because we go from the one movie to the next you know and suddenly she's just yeah badass yeah. Um, you know, but she's becomes hardened. She becomes, um, sometimes violent and she ends up being institutionalized. Um, all of this as a mechanism for her preparing to protect her son from what she knows is an inevitable, um, event, right? So she's just there. She's, she's developing herself into a certain person that she may not want to be, um, but she realizes that this is what she has to become in order to protect her son yeah and that's just you know what mother doesn't turn into beast mode um to protect her kids you know when occasion calls for it and so Mm. sarah it was a process of complete mental and physical change because of what she believed was a certainty that scene when we're introduced or reintroduced to her Mm. uh you know when we see her doing chin-ups um that's when we first see it and i just remember this this audible gasp from the audience (laughs) because this was a new female action hero this was yeah. a new standard a female action hero to see muscles on on a female like like maybe those that are next this millennium don't understand but that wasn't the done thing you no. know yeah 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 um so th- this was all new and you know all the young teen boys suddenly had a new crush but yeah what so, so you know, what do you think made made this character so good yeah i think um I think like you say, she was, you know, we're introduced to her, I guess, in that, in that second movie and there's been a, a big gap mm. <laughs> and, um, yeah, she's been like right from the beginning, she's this kind of, um, she's had to turn into this really strong, um, and uh, you know, although a little bit kind of, she's a bit closed cause she's trying to protect herself as well yeah, yeah. because of what she knows is coming. Um, so she's kind of turned into the strong kind of hardened yeah. character and yeah, but she's like, um, 
you know, from from the get go, she's just you know, like you like you said, you're introduced to her doing chin ups, you know, and you see her see her guns and she's ready to go. She's yeah, ready yeah. to go. She's, she's ready. ready. She's been everything that she's doing has been building up to this moment yeah. that we are introduced to when you know the yeah. Arnold comes on the scene. Yeah, she's been preparing for that day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and she doesn't shy away from any of it. Mm. Like you know, she takes it head on and. Um, She's not scared of anything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> As opposed to the first movie when she's, you know, it's all brand new and she's, you know, shocked at first. And, mm. um, hmm. and uh, like you said, kind of, you know, trying to save herself. Like, mm. you know, and it's, yeah, it's a total shift yeah. because of what she's experienced. Yeah. And that's a good way to sort of realize how great a character she is. Maybe look at the relationship between, or this, even the, just compare the two main protagonists adult protagonists so yeah. Arnold Schwarzenegger and Linda Hamilton or T-800 and yeah. uh, Sarah Connor so we've got the <laughs> when you guys finish can you pretty please make a cheese sauce for pasta okay okay cool yep <laughs> <laughs> just got a message okay so um, when you look at it so Sarah Connor we've got the Terminator so we've got Schwarzenegger right who is a machine and he yeah. is not programmed for human emotions no. um, such as sympathy or empathy um, rather his character arc is all about figuring out who or how to engage with humans mm. when they express certain emotions yeah. like you know you can't do that or you can't act like that you know that was um, you know John Connor was constantly trying yeah, to guide yeah, him like yeah. no 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 that's not what why not why not yeah. you know and so he's trying to figure out how to work with this this the human element yeah sarah connor has programmed herself to become like the t-800 to act similarly to the t-800 um you know since the first film she had been surviving on primal instinct she was in pure survival mode yeah you know in t2 she is reunited with her son yeah and so then she has to then suddenly she's got the added element there so she has to struggle with trying to plug back into Mm. humanness yeah. Um, you know because it's been absent for so long yeah and so now she has to be a mother as well and, yeah. and it's it's funny because as an audience especially again at that time that's what we expect of our woman yeah you know what I mean like or at least that's the yeah, roles that they portray if you're a mother time, you're yeah. supposed to act this way yeah and um, so she's she's juggling these expectations mm. of herself expectations of, of other people but also realizing that it's her sort of primal drive yeah. um, that is protecting yeah her son mm. from being and she's effectively i guess you know like sacrificed um being with her son mm. in order to fulfill this you know to to protect him basically mm. to save him yeah you know she's given up that um by preparing herself yeah and, yeah and becoming this this person that she's become i saw that um you know they dig up those those guns or the weapons and stuff it was almost like a it's like a flipped analogy to me where because she she had buried everything uh all her feelings and yeah. emotions and you know and yeah. everything they had been buried and so she kind of had to at the same time she's digging up these weapons to, yeah, to fight yeah. she had to be doing she was doing the same thing yeah she had to you know and become a little bit vulnerable but just not too vulnerable yeah yeah, yeah. otherwise she'd never have a relationship with the son she couldn't yeah <laughs> so yeah um so that's what i think made it a great character and um yeah couple bits of trivia just to round it off she actually became uh, deaf in one ear because of a um in that scene where um they're escaping the pescadero uh, pescadero hospital pescadero, oh, yeah. pescadero hospital um there and a gun fires off and she had forgotten uh between takes she'd forgotten to put her earplugs back in 
um, and the the shot went off close to her ear, and uh-huh. even to this day, yeah, she still has hearing loss. But she carried on with the scene and didn't tell anyone until after the it was complete, <laughs> and then and then complained uh-huh. about it afterwards. Yeah, so um, her sister Leslie actually played the um, cloned version that the, you know the T one thousand became her. Oh yeah, yeah, that was actually her twin sister. She was a twin oh sister wow, who, who passed away a few years ago now, apparently. Huh. I believe I believe her twin sister might have done a lot of the stunts too. Um, for I did her, not so, know that. Yeah, yeah, Leslie Hamilton. So that's a cool bit of trivia too. Crazy. Yeah. So yeah. that's me. That's my second one. Mm. Um, I just saw an interesting thing too. Robert Patrick trained, uh, did a lot of running training, but um, he um, only only breathing through his nose, so he could get that yeah <laughs> that look yeah that look that was of, a freaky look man, when was. he's running after that car and he looks like he's that, running so fast oh man yeah that's awesome <laughs> yeah that's that's it yeah yeah so um well, they had to do a lot of training to to do that apparently i didn't find the box office gross for without showing world, fatigue without, do you know the box office gross of the world or um you know, hang on yeah i can get that right now oh i've got gross world was 520 million I've got gross US was 205, oh, okay. almost, almost 206 okay. million. Right. Yeah. If, and the budget was 102 million estimated. So yeah, it's pretty, Good. pretty successful. Wow. Well, before we get to know more, we've got to do our things, but should I, should I quickly go and make that cheese sauce and then put a pause on it and then. Oh yeah. Do you want to do that? Yeah, I'll go and do that and then. Oh, yeah, interesting. Oh, you don't like that. I do. I was just so 